true believers and strap in as we journey with Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior! Not to mention the evil genius and brilliant leadership of myself. Open the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Thank you for joining us once again for an episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. My name is Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, animation fan, and superhero fan. And this is the podcast that is exclusively about animation that sprung from the world of comic books. We have a couple of rules. One I just said. Another rule is I always have a guest star. Much like Brave and the Bold, DC Comics Presents, Marvel Team Up, it's always me and a guest star talking superhero animation. And then the third and most important rule, we're always going to have fun. So, we're not even going to hesitate. We're immediately going to bring out my guests. They are the host of the Home Record Podcast. First, he is the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. Hi. <laughs> All right. It is I. The Golden Greek. <laughs> I didn't distract you from something. <laughs> All right. His lovely co-host, the trophy wife, Monique. Hi. I like that I'm the trophy wife. Like, he's the Golden Greek. I am the trophy wife. That's yes. how that works. I not, love it. Not just any trophy wife. The, the trophy wife. That's right. Don't you forget it. I want to thank you both for joining me on my podcast, Bat Spectro Through the Multiverse. Speaking of, in relation to your own podcast, multiverse is kind of uh, similar to the parallel Earth theory. Something you guys maybe believe in? Parallel Earth theory, like multiverse. Oh, there's an infinite Multi- number of yeah. parallel Earths that. Uh, I. So that, po- I think it's possible. I think anything's possible yes. at this point. I don't. I don't rule anything out. So, except for dinosaurs. <laughs> That's all bullshit. <laughs> yes. All right. Anyway. So, this particular week, this is episode nine, and we're going to be discussing. Justice League Unlimited. Now, before we get to that, we uh, debated a lot about what comics that you guys might want to review. Alex, probably more than Monique, you... Uh... Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying here? What are you trying to say? Are you trying to imply that because I'm female, I'm not equally, if not more, knowledgeable about comics? No. Is that what you're trying to say? I would never imply such a thing. You're right in this case. I'm but... implying it. I'm saying through the discussion we had, Alex seemed to be more of a comic book reader in his younger days than you were. I read comics, but I wasn't reading a lot of the comics you guys are reading. That's all. You did read, you mentioned Archie comics. Yes, I used to read Archie comics. Which actually never occurred to me. There is an Archie cartoon. So for a future episode, we could review Archie. I used to get them at the supermarket and then my Grammy we found a box um, in our home of all these different comic books. And there's a ton of Archie comics and a whole bunch of books. Looking back, I probably should have saved them. Probably, yeah. Probably. When I was a kid, I shoplifted some Archie comics from the convenience store. Wait, down the Statue of Limitations house. has run out, correct? By now, I would hope. All right. And if not, well, I guess I owe Nichols Market a couple of bucks. 
Well, I have to ask um, back in the day and probably to this day, usually someone, even though they read from both, someone's usually more of a DC or more of a Marvel guy. Did you have a preference? I liked Batman, but I was a big Marvel fan. Like if I had to pick one, I liked Marvel better, but I always liked Batman. So Marvel. Yeah. If I had to pick one Marvel, the Punisher for sure was my, my favorite all time comic book character. Yeah. I know it's kind of hard to believe. But Mine would be uh, Captain America. I liked Mon- Captain America too. Yeah. Monique? Yeah. When it came to comics, like I loved like Batman because I love the Joker. But as far as I guess kind of hero, anti hero, the Punisher, I think is it's like I resonate most with the Punisher and the Joker. I don't know what that says about me. The Ed Brubaker Captain America run. Awesome. Yeah. The Winter Soldier one, correct? Yes. Awesome. So we're going to discuss Justice League Unlimited. We're going through the multiverse back to June 4th, 2005 for the episode Double Date. We're going to get more into as we review why we thought this episode was appropriate for you two as my guest. The Justice League themselves, Gardner Fox was the creator of the original Justice League. Now, I was a big Justice League fan as a child. Is it something you had read a lot of? No, not really. Not, not really at all, actually. I was aware of the Justice League and everything when I was a kid, but I just never, like I said, I was more of a Marvel guy. So I collected like Punisher, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man, that kind of stuff, and Batman, but never never the Justice League. So we'll get into a little bit of the uh, the more technical aspects before we really get beyond this. Uh, the DC Animated Universe, it started obviously with Batman the Animated Series, which then spilled over into Superman the Animated Series, and then the Justice League cartoon was the climax of the DC animated universe. Now, uh, it ran for three seasons. They thought they were going to end it, but Cartoon Network had ordered more, so they ended up turning it into Justice League Unlimited, which is we're going to watch. We're going to get into more of the particulars. Now, Justice League was the seven original characters. Well, it wasn't the original. It was seven of the bigger characters. But then they really expanded Justice League Unlimited, where it's pretty much the entire DC Universe was a member. They couldn't use any of the Batverse except for Batman at that time due to other animation going on. They couldn't use any of the Vertigo characters due to it was being, that was for more adult-oriented comic books. Aquaman at the time, they were developing a possible spinoff of Smallville for his own TV show, so they couldn't use anyone from the Aquaman-verse. Was Aquaman in Smallville? Yes, he was in uh, one episode on his own, and then he came back when they did the Justice League episode. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I never watched Smallville. <laughs> okay. I watched like two episodes. Yeah, of he it. was on two episodes, and they were considering developing his own spinoff, so as a result, he could not be on the cartoon as well. Wow. And the Teen Titans also were at an animation going on at the time. That's when they decided to expand it to Justice League was no longer seven members. It was just unlimited, basically anyone in the DC Universe could be a member, I guess, so they would never run out of material. Smart. <laughs> Quite clever. This particular episode, Double Date, like I said, was written by one Gail Simone, who is a uh, very uh, prolific. Is that the word? Prolific? Prolific. Prolific. Yeah. <laughs> In the world of comic books, particularly <laughs> writing uh, Birds of Prey. And it was directed by one, and I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Joaquin Dos Santos. That sound right to you? Joaquin Sounds good Santos. to me. Yeah, who had also worked on Avatar, The Last Airbender, the cartoon, not the oh, okay. movie, which I'm told is terrible. He was also the co-showrunner of Voltron, Legendary Defenders, 
And he is scheduled to direct the Spider-Man Through the Spider-Verse sequel. For a second, you're like, and he is scheduled. I thought you were going to say to come on your show. I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be great. I'm excited. <laughs> but I doubt that will ever happen. Yeah, send him a, a DM or something. You never know. So we're going to go into some of the characters. Now we'll start with Green Arrow, probably the most famous character on this episode. He was created by Mort Weisinger and George Papp back, way back. 80. Actually, he's just celebrating his 80-year anniversary. And he is voiced by Ken Schreiner, who as a woman you must know, he was Scott Baldwin on General Hospital. Because you just assume I watch soap operas. General Hospital. You don't listen wow. to the show, do you? My stories, so like women call soap opera stories, my stories were professional wrestling. Those are my stories. <laughs> now, I assume <laughs> that was just me being uh, a dick. Uh, <laughs> I prefer, uh, what was it, a uh, know it all smarty pants? Isn't, no, insufferable smarty <laughs> That'll make more sense later on. <laughs> Also featuring the Black Canary, who was created by Robert uh, Koenig and uh, Carmine Infantino. She is voiced by uh, Morena Baccarin, and I doubt I pronounced oh, yeah. that right. Morena Baccarin. Yeah, she's in she's Gotham. She's in Gotham, yeah. She also was Vanessa in the Deadpool movies. Yes. Oh, that's right. She yeah. was uh, Inara Sira in Firefly, mm-hmm. if I said that right. And she was also Jessica Brody on Homeland. Now, the question is also on this episode. He was created by the legendary Steve Ditko, who anybody should know is the co-creator of Spider-Man. He is voiced by one Jeffrey Combs, who is most famous for playing Dr. Herbert West in the Reanimator film series. That's who that was? Yeah, for any of you horror fans. Nice, okay. He also appeared on an episode of the Flash 90s television show. He was also the voice of Scarecrow on the new Batman Adventures. The Huntress who was created by uh, Joe Staten, Paul Levitz, Joe Orlando, and Bob Layton. And she is voiced by one Amy Acker, who was on Angel. She was on Alias. And she's also on The Gifted, which I believe is that show based on the X-Men, which I've never actually seen. Finally, rounding up the cast, the villain, Steve Mandragora. I thought he was created specifically from the cartoon because he's a blatant ripoff of the character Tobias Whale. But he was not. Apparently, he did appear in the comic book. Joe Staten and Joey Cavallera created him. And he's voiced by one, uh, the late Glenn Shaddix, who is most famous. He played Otho in Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, yeah. Who, until doing research, I had not realized had passed away. But apparently, he passed away back in 2010. Wow. I wanted to bring up, before we get into the review, uh, you said, uh, watching this uh, and researching it, you were kind of intrigued by the question. Yeah, yeah, it was because I'd never, I'd never heard of him before, honestly. I did a so, lot of research too. Yeah, Monique, yeah. did some research uh, on the question, but yeah, just the, a, a conspiracy theorist as a comic book character, I thought that was uh, fascinating. Now, the thing about the question, he's been—they've changed him and retconned him so many times, mm-hmm. which I doubt this. Ver- I don't even think this version is even what he is now in the comics. I think he's been changed. In fact, I think the question's a female lesbian now in the comics. But well, I, he, I could d- be he quote unquote dies in the comics. Yeah, that did And happen. then his like protege takes over. Like he trains her, I forget her name, Renee something. He trains her and then she takes over, but then he comes back. So yeah, but then it's different. I think he's kind of zombie-like. He goes bad, but then they get them and help him. It's all this craziness. Did he have his own comic book series? Yes, he did. Um, yeah, I believe two of them, if I'm not mistaken. I honestly, I apologize to any listeners because I have not, he's been changed so many times, but uh, he did have the one in the late eighties. 
And I believe you had the one uh, that Steve Ditko had done that was not for DC Comics, I believe was for Charleston Comics. Yes, Charleston Comics. Yeah. Um, so he appeared in the Blue Beetle. Okay. That's- yeah. What's interesting that I like too is the character of the question, this character. It's like he always wants to know and like he knows so much. And his actual name, the character's name is Vic Sage. What is a sage? A sage is someone, typically a man, who knows things. He's gained wisdom. He's traveled a path that gives him this inner knowledge, this understanding, this wisdom. And usually it's like an older man. But I'm like, interesting, here's this guy seeking the truth all the time. And his name is Sage. I just found it very fitting. Now, there's something I wanted to bring up about this, who you guys may or may not know, but with uh, for if anyone's heard their show, the Home Record Podcast, Steve Ditko, who created the question, he's a big believer of objectivism. Have you guys are you guys familiar with that at all? What is objectivism? No. It's basically the belief system that there's a moral absolution of the philosopher. Apparently, Ayn Rand was a big believer in that. So mm. basically, it's like there's no room for error whatsoever. Like. Uh, your moralism is an absolutism. Like. I'm like so against absolutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I don't believe that any, anything could be absolute. There's always going to be gray areas mm. and everything. Uh, yeah. So uh, most I would, especially when it comes to human beings. Let me uh, see if I can, I'm going to, I'm going to look this up right now to find a objectivism describes government as the means of placing the retaliatory use of physical force under objective control. Under objective defines laws, thus government is both legitimate and critically important in order to protect individual rights. No. So is that take away individual rights with that seems force very... to protect them? <laughs> no. Interesting. Not not into that at all. Yeah, that seems very yeah. And this guy made superheroes. Yeah. Well, if you look at A Man, who was a precursor to the question, he was a lot more like that. Um, where it's basically, you know, that let me let me try and put it in a. We're getting we're, we're getting off. Uh, it says that its main tenets are that reality exists independently of consciousness, that human beings have direct control with reality through sense perception, and that one can obtain objective knowledge from their perception through the process of concept formation and inductive logic, that the proper moral purpose of one's life is the pursuit of one's own happiness. That the only social system consistent with morality is one that displays full respect for individual rights. And that the role of art in human life is to transfer humans' metaphysical ideas by selective reproduction of reality into a physical form and a work of art. One that can comprehend to which one can respond emotionally. Okay, that more. That sounds, that sounds a little better. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, all right, we're getting way off track because this thing seems all over the map to me. So uh, yeah. I just thought... <laughs> <laughs> With, if you've ever heard their show, it might be something that might have come up on an episode. Yeah, this is totally down our alley. Things that don't make yeah. sense. Yes. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that was mildly interesting to me. Probably nobody who's listening. And if you haven't tuned out anymore, we're going to get back to uh, Justice League. People are like, I thought we were talking about like cartoons and comics, man. Where'd you go? <laughs> so we're going to go back to Justice League Unlimited. Double date. We're going to watch it. Feel free to watch it with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back and give you our thoughts. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Use the trap door, Batman. 
Brainiac's taken over the computer. Joker in the elevator. Evil forces joining for a final assault. Who can restore order? Superman! Can Superman save the Hall of Justice? You decide. Old friends, new heroes, and plenty of bad guys jumping up to get beat down. Oh, yeah. Like that's going to work. Because this time, the league is unlimited. There are so many of us. We can do some real good in the world. Justice League Unlimited. New episode coming up next. And where am I exactly? Among friends. There's strength in numbers. Only Toonami. Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast... And we're back! And we just watched Justice League Unlimited Double Date. And uh, before we get into that, also, um, for any of you who don't know, the character Rorschach from Watchmen is actually a direct ripoff yes. of the question. Yes, I wanted to mention that, and I just didn't get there. The rumor was that Alan Moore had wanted to use the Charleston Heroes for the Watchmen series, and DC had other plans for them, so when he created Watchmen, he basically just created characters that were pretty much carbon copies. The question was Rorschach, Peacemaker was Comedian, Captain Adam, Dr. Manhattan, Night Vale was Silk Spectre. Um, uh, okay. and I think it was Thunderbolt was the name of the character that Osmandius was. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, double date. We open, you know, with a shot of a mansion, and there's two gangsters talking there. I believe Tony and Cecil was Tony and Cecil, yeah. yes, talking about scones. Scones. <laughs> <laughs> he wants the recipe. <laughs> he can't get him as good as Tony. No, he never can. It's the orange zest. Those are some bad gangsters there, man. Share scone and, uh, recipes. He's telling him that you're killing me, and uh, he asks him why he's always being so mean. <laughs> <laughs> but they hear some rustling in the bushes. Something might be there. And then you see the huntress, who's got a crossbow aim, but they don't see him. And she uh, catches uh, Cecil, I believe, uh, Attaches the sleeve to the arm and then shoots into the gun of Tony. When that first shot happened, I'm just going to cut you off. When that first shot happened, I thought it got him in the wrist and that like it stuck his wrist to the car. I didn't realize till like the next shot that it was actually in the just car. the sleeve. I'm like, wow, this is graphic <laughs> for for a you know a cartoon. And she sneaks into uh, the mansion where there's the classic laser show you know security that seems to be an all entrapment style type of laser grid (laughs) where as always she just does the classic aerosol spray and exposes them all do those really exist because that seems like a real cliche from uh movies and television well what i don't get is when you see people and they spray whatever it is like how are they getting it to stay in the air and not just fall down because any kind of liquid mist has weight to it and it always goes down, right? Any kind of hairspray, water, alcohol, whatever it is, when you spray it, it comes down. Why is it everything still like just floating in the air showing what's there? Good question. I always wondered that. Because it's a cartoon. Did Mythbusters well, no, like ever? in movies yeah. too. It's well, just yeah, I've true. always pondered that. It seems like I a myth, Mythbuster it. thing. Yeah. So she sneaks into the bedroom of Steve Mandagora. She's going to finally get her revenge. And she says it's time, and boom, boom, boom! She shoots that crossbow like she put like a, a lot million yeah. arrows into the yeah. Into the, the Which guy. I guess it's 
one that has like a clip of arrows where you don't have to reload because it's like a handheld crossbow. It's not like the big. Yeah, rifle. it's got like yeah. a trigger. And then she rips off the blankets. It's all pillows. He's not under the. Nobody's there, but those pillows were dead. Yeah, yeah the, totally destroyed. dead. Yeah, yeah those are. They done. were done. And right when that happens, Martian Manhunter boom beams her up to the watchtower. He said. She disobeyed a direct order. Uh-oh, someone's in trouble. And right then, boom, they jump to the opening credits of Justice League Unlimited with that, gotta say, really awesome. If you're into heroic type music, that theme song is <laughs> yes, tremendous. Yes, Absolutely. It and it has a vision of a whole bunch of uh, the different heroes that are going to show up. So uh, they come back to the watchtower. She's very upset that he's been watching her. As any woman should be, finding out some creeps been yeah, creepy, watching her every right? move. Wasn't creepy. He did it for both her. Oh, it's and okay because it's, it's you know her boss, so the boss can just watch you all the time do, when so you don't know about it. Is, is he always watching? I mean, we're gonna get to it, but at the end, is he watching then too? Because that's kind of creepy. Well, maybe it's implied she's on probation, so he's probably just watching. I see. Plus, jumping ahead a little bit, we're gonna find out the Justice League is assisting with Steve Mandragora's witness protection. Mm. Ah. So he said it was more than that. This was a test, and she failed. Uh-oh. <laughs> I need you to turn in your ID card. We're demoting you from superhero I, to hero. That, that was the part where I need you to turn in your ID card. I'm like, that's it? And the ID card <laughs> says Huntress. <laughs> it's just it's just a card. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> she says, hope you hey, choke on it. There's a yeah. lot of superheroes now in, in the Justice League <laughs> Unlimited. They need these badges so people can walk by and be like, oh, I forget their name. Oh, yeah. Hey, Huntress, how are you? Because the badge, we can, yeah. Smart. For anyone out there, I am not dissing the Huntress. I like the Huntress. But in the context of the Justice League, you have the Man of Steel. You have the Martian Manhunter. You have the Amazon Princess. You have the King of the Seven Seas, the fastest man alive. This is a girl who is a decent fighter with a crossbow. Yeah. What is she really bringing to the table? She's bringing a, a smoking bod. I was just like going to say that. Really skimpy clothing. Yeah. That's what she's bringing to the table, yes. man. She's eye candy. She is bringing it for the question, apparently, in this episode. <laughs> hey, we're jumping ahead. And we're jumping ahead. I don't know, Alex, if you know this, but the because uh, you said you're more of a Marvel guy, the original Huntress is actually the daughter of the Golden Age Batman, Elena Wayne, in the original comic book continuity. That's This version is not. That's long been changed, but that was her original origin, the I Golden Age aware. Batman's daughter. Nice. All right, so after she gives up her ID card. By the way, they don't escort her out of the watchtower. No, she's still free to roam around and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you she know. lives there, maybe. So I thought like that was interesting. she's got to pack her stuff. So she just goes and leaves, and she goes to the questions room. Well, it was she went to her room, and her room was across from the question. You are yes. correct. I do apologize yes. about that. So the questions room is full of computers, full of clippings. There's a poster that says, got fluoride. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a, a great time. Awesome. awesome. There's another poster in the back of Stonehenge. Stonehenge, yeah. <laughs> she said that uh, I thought I heard you're the uh, conspiracy theory nut job. Is how she <laughs> describes the question. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I've always hated that conspiracy theorists. They always try and associate nut job with it, like it's because that's the way that it was like. Yeah, it, I mean that's like it was propagandized. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why the term was essentially. That's why it was initially created by the CIA was in order to make people that were looking into things and were actually critically thinking and questioning things. And possibly finding out the truth of things. Making them look like they're crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of 
nut job conspiracy theorists oh, out there. For sure yeah. there are. But I, I just always hate in any kind of form of entertainment, they automatically go there no matter what. Like, no matter who the character is, no matter how sane they might have been presented up to that time. Yeah, that's the Project Mockingbird of it all. <laughs> and she says to the question, if you have not didn't watch the cartoon with the break and you're not familiar with the question, which you should be, he wears a mask that just completely blanks out his face. Mm-hmm. And she says, you must be the ugliest guy in the world under that. <laughs> Isn't he actually like, according to the comic, like he's actually really good looking? Depending on what version, yes, yeah. he, he's not ugly. I got to say, I've actually always thought the question was like one of the coolest looking characters. He's got the blank face. He's got the trench coat. I've always been a big fan of the question. All the superheroes wear masks. Why isn't Batman ugly or the Flash ugly? Yeah. Well, because his mask covers his entire face. Like, you can't see his eyes. You can't see his teeth, his smile. Yeah, there's like no there's facial nothing. features at all. Yeah. So I could see where maybe she can make So that she's like, I- I'm taking a chance. I'm going straight out on personality here on this guy. <laughs> so she goes to the classic, you see this in everything, the big clipboard full of newspaper clippings, files, whatnot, <laughs> yeah. with all the, the red strings attached all to All the strings. Yeah. And you had mentioned something about the well, formation of the strings. Well, I was, I was looking at the formation of the strings and there's all these triangles and I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's like a sacred geometry. If you look at it the a certain way, the stuff, shapes, yeah. the way the strings go together. I didn't see that because there was two. There was one on the wall, like where the question is typing. It was like behind him to his left. Then there was one in front of him, like in front of the desk. That one actually made a star. Yeah, the strings made a start. You, yeah. it, you have to. Ca- it's really. It's quick. only for a moment. It's only for like a. Split and then second, Hunter sits down it. on the desk next to him, and you can't see it anymore. So yeah. you'd say that was in, wasn't random. That would, those designs were I intentional. Know. I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. I don't know. I'm just pointing out what I saw. <laughs> and then Hunter says, "My favorite line of the entire episode." No, I didn't know the Girl Scouts were part of the crop yeah. circle. Yeah, circle. didn't know the Girl Scouts were responsible for the crop circle phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Was right. tremendous. Yeah. Question gets very mad. He's like, don't touch that. Yeah. <laughs> Such a guy thing. <laughs> then she asks him what, and this I'm going to butcher, what, oh God, Eponia, Eponia, what did she, do you remember? What? Oh, I, yeah. I had the definition written here, but I couldn't, I wrote it so quick. I didn't. Uh, what was the definition again? Question says he knows what it is. It's uh tendency to see connections where there's none to be found oh um, yeah uh, you know what i can't remember what it was it was like apononia or apa something apononia i apa think is what it something is. like that I'm, I'm probably butchering it too i actually looked it up too and yeah that's that's what it is so she decides i want to make a deal with you outside of the league so they're gonna work together yeah they are <laughs> hey, hey, hey now so then we flip over to I uh, think this guy's name is the worst. Mandragoria, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is with the FBI, Green Arrow, and Black Canary. Now, I got to say, first of all, Mandragoria is a complete ripoff of the character Tobias Whale. Tobias Whale was Black Lightning's main nemesis uh, in the 70s Black Lightning comic. Tobias Whale, who in his own right was just a ripoff of the Kingpin, but uh, Tobias Whale was huge, bald, pale skin, gigantic. Albino. Albino. In the Black Lightning television show, Tobias Whale is a albino african-american but he's not as big on the show but he is super strong i don't know why they didn't just use tobias wales but actually now that i think about it, in the super friends show they used black vulcan instead of black lightning tobias wales was created by the same people so maybe there's some kind of legal issue mm. neither here nor there he's eating a giant plate of mussels clams clams yeah at first i didn't even they were drawn so horribly i, I didn't even know what they were supposed to be when yeah. i first uh yeah 
which is weird. And he references a Tommy Monahan who was killed. Now that is actually the character Hitman, who was created by Garth Ennis, who had also created The Boys, who had his own comic series. But that's the only time he's mentioned, never appears, and he just he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> so we find out that the FBI and the Justice League are working together because I struggle with that name too. He's under police protection because he's going to testify. Black Canary says, you have many enemies. And he says, yes, I even got some JLA enemies. And then he says that Black Canary just can't take her eyes off him. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and this is where it starts to get a little dirty. Well, first he says, uh, Maybe I'll put you in a cage and you can sing for me. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure if that is. It seems like an innuendo, but I'm not really sure. What Think about the- it. You want to put a woman in a cage right there. Um, she is a canary. You want to put a woman in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But again, he's eating oysters, right? Which mm-hmm. are supposed oysters, to be like, yes. a, like an aphrodisiac. He's eating like trays of these damn things. Yes. And he's eyeing her the whole time. And Green Arrow gets very hot under the collar about him saying this. Yep. And when mm-hmm. they restrain him, he says, why don't you uh, fetch me a- uh, Fetch me another four Four, four plates of oysters. Yeah. I like them sweet and, and juicy. juicy. And he like licks the plate. Eyeballing Black Canary. All suggestively. They give yeah. him almost like the snake of a tongue. It's so long. Yep. Yeah, and it's not like Gene Simmons type like tongue. It was weird. It's like, like snake-like. Are you familiar with Black Canary at all before? A little, yeah. All right, so she, we had brought up Huntress. Black Canary's costume is uh, not exactly, uh, I, I, I was going to say not flattering, but it is actually flattering. It's <laughs> not say. for the timid woman <laughs> to wear. <laughs> yeah, not for the modest woman, I would say. No, you have to be very confident in yourself to wear outfits like those. Good for them. Now, I want to say Black Canary, I've always been a big fan of, but I have to ask, have you ever tried to fight with, fishnet stockings and high heels on i have have. i have yes she makes it look effortless so i'm just curious yeah it's fine (laughs) really yeah like throwing like karate kicks and jumping around i beat the shit out of people wearing fishnet stockings and heels and a skirt all right right. i don't don't mess around (laughs) there you have it (sighs) my younger days yeah you just Uh, gotta know what you're doing do you know I'll, i'll share something so when I was going to school at Chaotic, like to train, you guys can laugh. I don't care. I used to at home work out in heels like because I was I was fine walking in heels, but I wanted to challenge myself more of like jumping jacks and like just stabilizing being in like six inch heels. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm always watching like someone's a girl's walking and all of a sudden, oh, damn, I broke a I broke the heel. I mean, I now you're like jumping, that, fighting, kicking. Uh, that never happens. That's true. Good how call. O- like how often? Like usually that happens like if you're walking somewhere and the heel gets stuck yep. in something and as you walk it can break, but they might be very old shoes if the heels are just breaking off as you're walking. I guess. But yeah, I mean, maybe I just had good shoes. Maybe uh, maybe our female audience can uh, fill a sense of yes. how many uh, have fought <laughs> with fishnet stockings yes, and high heels. I can't be the only one. <laughs> Then we go under a bridge where uh, the question and Huntress meet up, and she says, I usually prefer my dates with a face. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic line. Yes. All right, then we go back to the FBI agents are holding the green arrow back, and he's saying, just give me five minutes with this guy. 
as a gentleman should react when somebody is being disrespectful to their woman. Uh, Canary says that uh, he's just saying to get a rise out of you. Nothing's going to affect her. And then he says, <laughs> how'd you end up with him? Were all the real men in the Justice League taken? <laughs> And it's like, of all the things to get upset about, that worked you up? Yeah, that was the line. Really? Okay. But the weird part is what comes after that. <laughs> Hold that thought. So they go outside after that, and uh, it's been revealed she's uh, doing the old hand wave because she, uh, she, she socked him. Yeah. She didn't like him uh, saying Green Arrow wasn't a real man, apparently. But Green Arrow says, let me take a look at it, and then he lovingly holds her hand to check on it. But she says, because her hand hurt, there's not an ounce of fat on him. She did. She did. It was the, like hitting a brick he's wall. Like, yeah. Like he's, we'll get to later. We'll, we'll get to later in the episode where this is going to come up. Just make a mental note. And he says, well, it looks like you'll live to punch suspects another day, pretty bird. <laughs> All I can think of is dumb and dumber. Pretty bird. <laughs> pretty bird. Apophenia is the word. There we go. Apophenia. That was the, read the definition boy. The tendency to see, the connections, tendency to see connections where none exist. Apophenia. Aren't we all guilty of that from time to time? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know about that. Seeing that when they don't exist, I mean, I don't know of any conclusions I've just jumped to without any kind of connection. Yeah. No, I, got, I don't know about that one. So then they get into a little debate about, you know, uh, do they really want to be protecting a murderer? You know, because he's in the witness protection, but it's well established, which on a cartoon is kind of heavy subject that they're pretty much just throwing out that yeah. this guy has killed people. He is a murderer. Usually because most people on cartoons didn't really die. I mean, Batman's parents, they always reference had died. Peter Parker's uncle. But any of the people that did the killing were usually gone or not even on. So this one is actually referencing that he has actually killed people before. And then they're having this conversation in the treehouse. Oh, the treehouse. The two of them share a kiss. And all I could think was, aren't you guys working? You're supposed to be like protecting and now you're making out. You're not working. Well, the FBI is there. And then- but still, you're, you're horrible guards. So then the cops show up. Well, two other police in a patrol car show up. And Mandragora says, go check that out. What's going on? That's your job. You find out it's Tony and Cecil. Yeah. They're back. <laughs> They're back. They are back. But no scones. No scones. <laughs> Nothing like a distraction, they say. Huntress and Question show up as well, and they get confronted by the Green Arrow and Black Canary trying to stop them, and this turns into a big fight. In fact, at one point, uh, Green Arrow says to Question, what are you helping her for? And he says, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Keep that in mind, because that's going to come up later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Huntress is getting pretty cocky. She's pretty much kind of wiping the floor with Black Canary. She says, uh, what the heck? I heard you were a great fighter. <laughs> Nothing really irks someone when you uh, attack their, uh, well, you wouldn't call it man, your uh, fighting ability, your fighting ability, I guess, your toughness. Yeah. And then she said, you heard right. Gets the upper hand and throws her into a car. Yeah, the <laughs> destroys her with like one move. <laughs> and then right after yeah. question gets thrown into the car. It's like she had to open her mouth. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing that's always bugged me about superhero comics, cartoons, uh, the movies. If you're a superhero, no matter what your power is, suddenly your bones don't break, you don't bruise. People are always falling off buildings, getting smashed on cars and like nothing. Well, it's possible to develop a high tolerance of pain. When you get so used to getting beat up, your muscles, your body getting moved certain ways all the time, you get used to it. So one could argue 
that they're just used to getting the crap beat out of them and they they just got used to it. I, I suppose that is a theory. Wasn't it Muhammad Ali? Was it him where when he was getting ready for a fight he had like during training, just getting like sacked in the gut the whole time? Rope-a-dope. Because, Playing rope-a-dope. Yeah. So the guy would get tired out. Like he could get hit, 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 just taking all these body shots and he got used to it yeah, until heard, the guy I've, got tired out. Yeah. I've heard that. Where also it's supposed to work on. You get punched a bunch of times in the stomach, so you can kind of work up endurance through getting hit. So when you're getting hit in the actual fight, I suppose this is possible. But I mean, just saying. Sometimes they're falling like two stories onto a car, <laughs> and like they're they're, they're hey, fine. They are yeah. superheroes. That's true. They were discovered during the fight. Mandragora has disappeared. He got away, and they're uh, having an argument about it. And they're all of a sudden, Greeno says, "Hey, what did the question just put in his pocket?" And he's like. Oh, it's a storage key by the train station. They're going to take it because they know it's by the, not only do they know it's a storage, they automatically know it's by the, the docks. It's a key. Yeah, it's it's a just key. a key. There's no tag on it. Yeah. And he just knows. And uh, Green Arrow says, you two stay here to Huntress and uh, question and they leave. Huntress is pretty mad that the question who's supposed to be so clever just got caught so easily. And then he says, that wasn't the real key. This is. And he pulls out a schedule of container shipments at the dock. That was the actual clue. He palmed it while they were mm-hmm. yelling at her. Yes. The question. He's two steps ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And as they go to leave, you spot Green Arrow and Black Canary are spying on him. And Green Arrow says he knows when he's being conned. So is the question really two steps ahead? Good Maybe point. Maybe not. And then, as I referenced earlier, Black Canary says, you're cute. When you're being an insufferable smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> this superhero banter is just awesome. Yes. So they go to the question Huntress are driving there. And the question, he knows all about the Huntress's story. In fact, he starts telling her her own backstory. So you go to a flashback and you had noticed it, Alex, and I had actually noticed as well that, well, her dad is a crime boss, we flashback to, who looks exactly like Al Pacino and Scarface. Yep. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's him. I mean, it's, it's him. It cannot be a coincidence. It had to have been done on purpose. Well, he even had the scar. Yeah. That's the thing. Like the he, nose, he like the just nose. everything. Oh, yeah. had, like, it was the, the suit. Yes. And Mandragora had worked for him, but he decides he's sick of taking orders. So they're going to take him out. So when he shows up, they hide the huntress as a little girl in the closet. And from the closet, she witnesses her own parents being murdered by Mandragora. Terrible. He should have just given a two week notice. And uh <laughs> he should have just <laughs> <laughs> And they, they cut back and uh Huntress is actually crying, remembering all this. And then she actually questions, if you know all this, why have you been helping me? But before we can answer, the question realizes they're being followed. Mm-hmm. Being tailed. He's got a little earpiece where he's actually communicated with them, telling them to back off. In fact, uh, she takes it out of her and says to Huntress, you still want a piece of me, Blondie? To the Black Canary. <laughs> and uh, she says, lose them. And he says, like airline luggage. <laughs> I know. That was a great line. That was good. <laughs> oh, man. They are just full of Love great it. little quips. Yes. We have this pretty awesome chase scene, I got to say, where they're driving over uh, cars and going everywhere. They're on the motorcycle. They chase them into the subway tunnel, mm-hmm. in fact. They're going right at a train, which the question at the last minute goes into the, of course, 
there's two tracks right down there. He gets just away. Is like train. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> the question. And then she's like train. He's like, I, I see, see it. it. And he cuts the wheel at the last second gets out of the way. So they're on a motorcycle heading right towards this train. They're, they don't know where to go. Yep. Green Arrow and Black Canary. So Green Arrow yells to Martian Manhunter, get us out of here. So that's who he's yelling to. Okay. All right. Because I wasn't sure. Like, who do you this think bla- he was talking well, to, Scotty, I, to beam him up? I didn't know if he was saying to Black Canary, get us out of here. Like Black Canary could teleport. I didn't know because I wasn't really familiar with the Black Canary character. Well, because so I didn't Huntress know what her got teleported. Were. Earlier in the episode. Okay, fair enough. Now, which begs the question, he's banking on that Martian Manhunter is observing and listening right at that moment before they're about to get creamed by a subway train. That's that's where I I, I wonder, does Martian Manhunter ever take like a pee break? Is he always watching? Well, maybe he has other people. Maybe there's a control room that they're watching everybody and they have like all these screens everywhere. Or just get us out of here. He hits a button and they're just gone and somewhere else. But he teleports them not into the watchtower and he doesn't teleport the motorcycle. He just teleports them above the bay of what, I don't know if this is Gotham or New York and they splash into the water and the motorcycle gets trashed. Mm -hmm. And this is another gem of a moment where Black Canary is so angry and says to Green Arrow, I can't believe you. I remade that motorcycle. (laughs) I'm like, what? What did he do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All he did was uh, save he their life. He trashed her bike. <laughs> he didn't trash it. He did. <laughs> what did he, was he supposed to say? Martian Manhunter teleport us and the motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> didn't Martian Manhunter destroy the bike? Yeah, she should be mad at Martian Manhunter, damn it. Or the train. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, God. she should be mad at herself for her terrible driving skills. <laughs> but So we flash to the docks now, and there's the question of Huntress, and they're thinking they're going to escape, but... uh question says that uh maybe he's not trying to get a freighter maybe he's trying to meet a freighter he just knows everything well he's two steps ahead exactly and then a big limo comes up and who should be in it but tony and cecil again (laughs) those two (laughs) and mandragora is in the back he comes out and then the fight scene endues with green arrow black canary everyone's attacking this dude Green Arrow shoots multiple arrows at him mm-hmm. with electric shocks. Yeah, they're like little taser. But it doesn't even seem to, he kind of like goes, out, ah, but it doesn't really seem to affect him all that yeah. much. Yeah. He got his attention. Question tackles him, grabs him around the throat, but he just whips Question off like he's not even there. Mm-hmm. So it gets down to him and Black Canary. And in a pretty awesome scene, I got to say, the Black Canary breaks out the sonic scream for the first time. And this thing is devastating. It's destroying blocks. It's like literally ripping his clothes off. It's pushing him back and he's fighting it. This is how strong and massive he is. It is ripping his shirt and his jacket off. And yet, probably for our sake, not his pants. <laughs> no. So his shirt, his jacket, all that's gone. It's being yeah. ripped off by her ultrasonic cry. And- even though I think it's pretty cool, at the same time, I've always found this sonic scream a kind of a puzzling power because if someone's enhanced voice is screaming so powerful to destroy things, wouldn't everybody around it like hearing be damaged, not just the perfect person that she's screaming directly at? You would think. Like, maybe, if I was screaming at Alex right now with a sonic scream, wouldn't it affect you? Wouldn't you hear it? You're like, maybe it's <laughs> she has the power to direct it specifically at certain targets, even though that's not the way it looked in this episode because you can see like the rings of sound and vibration and like the way it's pushing the craters back almost like a funnel. 
it starts at her small and it extends out getting wider and wider and wider the further out it goes. That could be the case. So that's what it seems like. But yeah, anyone caught in that crossfire would probably get messed up. I suppose that that's possible. It still seems like, but the way sound carries that everybody around would be affected, but that's, I believe sound like travels, one, it Matt. can bounce at like a 90 degree angle, but if she can control the vibration, because ultimately isn't that what it is? It's the vibration that is so strong and powerful. It's not necessarily just the noise of it, what you're hearing. It's the movement of the energy, the vibration. Like think about speakers when you crank it up and it's like thumping and moving. All right. I suppose that that, that is possible. But she just screams for so long where he's not affected. She just collapses. It just takes too much out of her, which didn't come up a lot in the comic books. It maybe has more recent years, but a lot of times it never happened. So I thought that was an interesting uh, approach to her powers. Mm. They had done a similar thing with like Iron Fist. Once he does the Iron Fist, it like weakens him so he couldn't do Iron Fist back to back to back to back. He has to kind of keep uh, going back to it. He does a great heel laugh once she collapses. Like he's like, ha, 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 ha. There's always time to do a villainous laugh, no matter what the situation. Oh yeah, always. And then Black Canary, she's got him dead to rights with her crossbow. Huntress, she's, Huntress. I apologize. She's gonna put him down with a crossbow. Mm-hmm. Or then, is she? Out of the freighter that just came in, Papa. Papa, little kid who looks just like a Mandragora but much smaller, comes out to hug him. Yes, it's his mini me. I believe his name was Edgar. Edgar, if I'm not yes. Mistaken. Edgar, yeah. And that was voiced by Marina. Is it- the chick from Firefly in Gotham. Yeah, oh, Marina Bachran. Yes, right. Marina Bachran. Thank you. He reveals that uh, he was kidnapped by a rival uh, crime family. And this whole thing was just a tactic to try and get him free and get him back. He was just stalling until he could get to his son. And uh, Huntress is going to shoot. She's got the arrow. He tells Edgar to get behind her. It's a pretty tense moment where you can see her finger is on the trigger. Is it's she going like to pull? It's like you can visually like see the flashback like they don't actually show a flashback but when the question is talking about what happened to her as a child with her dad and like the look in her eye it's like they show that with edgar yeah and the look in his eye so it's just building that moment of are you going to do the same thing to him that happened to you and the question says is this what you really want and then her fingers even like it's edging on the trigger. It's like She's, ready. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which by the way, I mean, at this point he's been impervious to the sonic scream. Uh, he's built like a brick wall supposedly. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this arrow would even penetrate yeah. his skin. Yeah I, I was, that. yeah. I was wondering that too. Like what's this arrow going to do? <laughs> Nothing else could hurt this guy. Yeah. Speaking of his shirt being ripped off, you had both commented on his physique uh, earlier when we were watching the episode. Well, only because the black canary mentioned that after she punched him, there's not an ounce of fat on that guy. It's like punching rock. He's like a mountain of muscle. So that's what she said. So then when the shirt gets torn off, you see, I mean, he's massive, but there's like fat rolls like all hey, around. Hey, those are his. muscle rolls. <laughs> yeah. And you can see him like kind of jiggling, you know, as the sonic scream is uh, happening to him. So yeah, we commented because yes. it, it didn't make any sense. He didn't look like a jacked mountain of muscle. Just like, like a big dude. That's what I've always wondered. Uh, when people have super strength, their physique is always amazing. Now, if you're, Strength is coming not from your actual muscles. Would you always, I don't understand why they always have such a great physique. Like Fat Thor, for example, in Avengers Endgame, I don't know if you saw it, never made any sense to me because 
that implies that all the time in Asgard, he was working out, lifting weights, dieting, hanging and banging. I just right. assumed he looked like that because he was an Asgardian god. But that's I- that's what I thought too. Yeah, that, yeah. When when Fat Thor happened, I know we're not talking about the Avengers right now, but yeah, when that happened, it didn't make any sense to me either. When uh, you know watching that movie, now, so. sometimes like Captain America is the super soldier team's enhancing his muscles and all that, so that makes a little right. more sense. But I never understood why every hero looks jacked. Even though their powers don't actually come from their physical body. Right. So. It could be from all the fighting they do keeps them in shape. That could be. That could be. So she says that's not what she wants at all. And she shoots the rope holding a big pile of steel beams. Because right oh, yeah. above yeah. is There's like. There's got to be like tons of steel hanging up there in those, yeah, those it's like big It's like a board. Beams. A wooden board with like, it's like a, a dozen steel yeah. beams. Yeah. Yeah, collapsing Just on him. Just hanging there. He did push Edgar out of the way, so it only lands on him. It only lands on him. Yep. Well, um, no, I think he Edgar, had Edgar, Edgar ran Edgar, off. Edgar kind of ran off. Oh yeah, because yeah. he said Edgar get behind me, and Edgar would run off, and that whole thing had happened. Yep. So he's like, "F this, I'm getting out of here." But he's alive. You would have thought that would have killed the normal man, but no, not this guy. Not this guy. Edgar Goro is tough. He's built like a brick but wall. But yet, those little arrows would have killed him. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's going to get it just right. So it shot him in the eyeball or something and it, uh, and it killed him. Maybe. Maybe. And that's when the question reveals that he was stalling all along. He was never going to cooperate with the FBI whatsoever. And Hunter says, why help me then? The <laughs> she, she, I've got the exact exchange right, <laughs> all right here. All right, go for it. Hunter says, you knew all along that kid was going to be on that freighter. And the question says, I do my homework. Then Hunter says, then why go to all that trouble to help? Why would you risk your life for me? And the question says, because I like you. <laughs> there yes. you go. And then she grabs she him. She kisses him. Yes. Grabs him. He says, where are we going? She says. Don't ask so don't many ask questions. Don't ask so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is where I wonder, is Marshman Hunter watching them now? <laughs> on their date yeah on their is date. that a test well when they had a little earpiece and she said the thing about come and get me blondie and she threw it out i think that's how he was tracking them and maybe that's why he didn't teleport them out of there so this whole adventure wouldn't have been necessary in the first but place how uh, does she know he didn't have the piece in his other ear i, <laughs> I don't know uh <laughs> He is the question, after all. You'd think he'd plan for these type of things. So, I mean, he knew I, all along what was going to unfold. I guess that would be an innuendo as well at the end of <laughs> the don't ask questions, and they kind of go off camera. And yeah. We ended yes. Justice League Unlimited. And Double this day. show is apparently appropriate for those seven years Y7, old. Y7, correct? Yes. Yeah. Seven Y7. years old. I'm watching this going, how is this? A, I, I had to go back. Like When we first started watching it, I... Like had to go and look. Is this? I thought this was TVY seven. Is it? And I had to go and double check. I'm like, yeah, this is TVY seven. What? I figured for sure it's got to be like TV fourteen or something. No, it's TVY seven. Also, this kind of happened because uh, the Justice League cartoon. Almost every episode was something really world bending and like the whole universe was at stake. But with Justice League Unlimited, one of the things I liked about it is they had time to do individual stories. Some of the characters wouldn't normally get them, so then you would get like a normal crime scene that wouldn't involve the entire justice league like double date which isn't really a double date but hey that's just a kind of thing yeah <laughs> they did there well, uh, they made it a double date they certainly did so i guess the question is um is the huntress back in the justice league i mean she was booted she turned in her id card is it forgive and forget or uh yeah it makes you wonder 
I wonder if they follow up with it on, on another episode. Well, she's in somewhere with someone from the Justice League. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Or they're in her, but... Hey, 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 hey now. <laughs> hey, now. Again, Green Arrow, Black Canary, Huntress question. Between the four of them, Black Canary seems to be the only one with any kind of superpowers. So I don't know why they're yeah. all really necessary to the Justice League. And I got to say, I love Green Arrow. I love Hawkeye. But I've always found arrows to fight crime is possibly one of the dumbest, most impractical things you could ever do. Do you think maybe it's because when bad things happen, you need all hands on deck? And if you have somebody with some capability who's willing to put their life on the line, you'll take what you can get? Intestinal fortitude. That would be, yeah, that would be like, <laughs> hey, you want to sign up? Awesome. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Here's your ID badge. Well, there you have it. Justice League Unlimited double date. So at this point, we do what we always do. We go to the spectrometer and we rank what we saw. Now, uh, Alex, was, well, now we'll go ladies first on a uh, ranking of zero to four, zero being absolute crap, four being you can't get any better. How many spectros are you going to give this episode? Double date, Justice League Unlimited. Now take a mind. Uh, you can do half okay, specials and whatnot. Some people thinking, have wondered that after the fact. So I was thinking maybe like two and a half because it wasn't super horrible. Like Alex and I have the ability to make things fun for us, even if they're terrible and, and find a way to enjoy it and laugh at it. And we were able to do that with this. So I did like that. I think it was, um, you know, what? I'm going to give it three. I like the question. I'll give it three. All right. Alex. Uh, yeah, I'll give it three as well. I'm still baffled by the rating for it and the content that apparently they deem is appropriate for seven-year-olds. But yeah, I, I'll give it three because I, I did like the question. I thought, what a cool character. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I, I thought the story itself was actually pretty good. It was quite the story to fit into 22 minutes, but I thought they did a really good job with it. I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to go three and a half. I found it almost perfect for me. I like that it was a down-to-earth story. I really love the question. I like how he's used. I've always been a big Green Arrow fan. I like all four characters, so I think they're really all done well. I like that it felt like there were real consequences, which you don't see a lot in a lot of cartoons. I always love the animation. Uh, the Mandragora being a Tobias Whale, I, that really stuck in my cry. Being a Tobias Whale ripoff really gets to me. I don't know <laughs> why. There's a few little things that escape in logic of this, like with the Martian man under teleporting thing, I feel like the episode could have ended in five minutes if he had. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then yeah. all this wouldn't have happened. But overall, I really, really enjoyed it. I love that cartoon on the whole Justice League Unlimited. I look forward to hopefully uh, reviewing uh, more episodes. While we're on the ratings, uh, Alex, you've covered this a little bit already. I always ask in 2021, if a child stumbled across Justice League Unlimited double date, you two having children, would a child enjoy it? I think. This particular episode, eh, I don't know, maybe. I, I think they did enough stuff where it would, it would capture a child's attention. But uh, like our kids, I don't know. Right. I, don't, I don't think our kids. Our kids respond more in like physical humor. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know, because they started watching the Teen Titans cartoon, yeah. so they might like it. But that's funny, too. I guess so. Well, no, the Teen Titans Teen Go. Teen Titans Go. Our seven-year-old is watching the other one, the yeah, Teen okay. Titans. Yeah, so. Eh, he so might. Is, like. is, that, is that a no or? I don't know. They might. 
All right. I would say, I don't think a younger kid would really get that into it because there's not a lot of, for a superhero show, there wasn't a lot of action. I think like 12 or more. Yeah, I think this would be more of an older child would probably enjoy it. Or adults. Yeah. Nothing Uh, wrong with being an adult watching cartoons. No, no, not at all. Uh, I'm just always curious because I grew up as a kid watching superhero cartoons, but cartoons in general. So I always wonder, you know, if you think, uh, since we are talking about a cartoon, if kids today would like it. Like I said, yeah, I think this one would skew a little bit older as far as kids. I don't think a younger kid would get into it as much because of there wasn't a super lot of action, which I think when a kid, a superhero show, that's what they're looking for. Yeah, I agree with you there. I would recommend another episode of Justice League if a little kid was going to watch it. And there you have it. That was Justice League Unlimited Double Day. I want to hear your opinion. So if you liked it better than we did or uh, liked it less than we did, we always want to hear what you think. Go to my social media. Let me know. I'm uh, Matt Spectre of the Multiverse on Facebook, and I'm also uh, at Matt Spectre on Twitter. I want to thank my guest, Alex and Monique, for being here from the Home Record Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you, sir. Now, while we're here, why don't you uh, plug your own show? Well, we have a podcast as well. It's called the Home Record Podcast, as you have already heard. And we just talk about, we, we do a lot of conspiracy stuff, but we talk about all kinds of things. We do movie reviews. We'll talk about favorite 80s shows we you know we, we just it's talk whatever about, we want it's essentially yeah it's it's just it's a married couple talking about stuff stuff and sometimes it's like really deep and spiritual or conspiracy yes. driven and, and sometimes it's just silliness and ridiculousness and new episodes on what day wednesday every wednesday yeah well, will you be talking about objectivism? <laughs> <laughs> we might perhaps in a future episode we try not to get political <laughs> yeah. ever really just because that's so polarizing yeah. one way or the other. But uh, yeah, we, we, we might tackle something like that in the future. Who knows? Tremendous. And uh, where can they find you on social media? So on social media, we have a Twitter. At Pod, And we also have a website. HomewreckerPodcast.com. And that's it for social media. That's it. All right. And any final thoughts on Justice League Unlimited Double Date? Check it out. Especially if you're into conspiracies, just those little... Those little nuggets and those little Easter eggs and those little fun lines that were tossed in there uh, surrounding the question and just a couple of things in his office I thought were pretty cool. So yeah, check it out. And when you come back, uh, we'll try and do a Punisher episode because you both seem yeah. to be possibly yes. Archie. Uh, the Punisher, to my knowledge, only he showed up on Spider-Man, the animated series, it's, but he never had his own I cartoon f- that I'm aware of. Yeah, there was like one episode, I think, and then I know he's been in a couple of the Marvel animated movies as well. There was one, uh, gosh... I can't remember the exact name of it. We actually uh, have it. We bought it. But yeah, I can't remember the name of it. But it's 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 him and Black Widow are in a Marvel animated movie. It's about 90 minutes long. Oh, I might have to check it out. I was un- unfamiliar with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, the Punisher comics. Yes. So. All right. I want to thank you all for joining me. And like I said, you can find me uh, if you go to my Facebook page, Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. If you give me a like and follow me. If you go to my Twitter, follow me at Matt Spectro. And if you could subscribe, like, or share, I'd really appreciate it. And always give your thoughts, episodes you want to review, ideas, always want to hear from you. So until next time, I want to thank my guests for joining me. And join us again next week for another episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Excelsior!